So Wes, I have a confession to make. I went down the rabbit hole and went on an adventure without you. Oh no. Well, are you at least going to tell me about it? Yes, I'm so excited about this. You see, my friend Brian invited me to go check out a makerspace. And I'd never been to a makerspace. Like, I just had this preconceived notion of what it would be like. And I thought it's going to be this like sterile environment with, you know, like 3D printers that are so expensive that I can't touch them. And I was so wrong. But before I go down there, I want to introduce you to my friend, Brian, who is kind enough to join us today. Thanks for joining us, Brian. Oh, well, thanks for having me, for sure. (laughs) One of the things that I hate doing is speaking for other people. So would you mind telling us who you are and what it is that you do? Well, I started to uh, walk when I was about one years old, and then (laughs) I... Trouble ever since. (laughs) Oh, not that far back. Okay, um... No, so I guess for the past 20 years, um, I came from higher education, so I had a great deal in higher education. I was an instructor for about eight and a half years, um, digital imaging design, computer graphics, video editing, web design, all that fun stuff. Um, Then I moved into faculty development and did that for 10 years-ish. And that was out in West Texas, Um, but then I guess um, my wife was living down here in San Antonio, Texas. And uh, she was ready for me to move down here, so to San Antonio. So, um, yeah, I've been down here in San Antonio for about almost two years, year and a half. Um, and so I work for the county, uh, Bear County, and I do technical training for the county. Um, is my, I guess my my day to day operations. So, doing that, how did you get involved with a makerspace? So, I guess back in San Angelo, Texas. Um, it all started with uh, the open source, open source rabbit hole, I guess you kind of opened up with, and I, I love that uh, analogy there. Um, I came from a technical college before that, so I was used to having lots of money and being able to uh, <laughs> spin, spin money and um, have, have fun toys, right? We had a lot of fun things to play with, um, but going to a university was a lot more red tape, a lot more budget stuff, um, and that led me on the, the, the mindset of... Uh, Go go be innovative. You know, we're we're at the Center for Innovation, Teaching, and Research. Go be innovative, but we have no money. We have zero dollars, right? It's like there's no money, no funding. Go be innovative, and that's what kind of opened me up to the open source mindset of the the software and um, the 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 hardware, and more importantly, the community behind all of that. And uh, that research of me diving into how do I impact people's lives with zero dollars um, led me to the like I said, open source. And then it was just a lot of research and search engines and saying, uh, how do I impact people's lives with zero dollars? And how do I get involved with creative people? And, um, you know, how do I leverage tools and things like that? Um, but this was probably about five to six, seven years ago, uh, through some of my other research on open source topics. And that search came, you know, led me to Timbit's website, Timbit Works. And from there, um, Ryan Beltrain, he's here in San Antonio. He started a movement called Elequa. And through that, it's called Make Water. Makewater.org is his website. And it's a nonprofit that um, uses um, technology. And he kind of does these uh, outreach programs to kids and, and um, schools about creating water coagulation kits. So these little kits that it basically does electrical coagulation of uh, cleaning the water, making molecules bind together so you can filter out so you can have better drinking water. And it was when I was still living in San Angelo that I 
with that research, I'm like, wow, that's really cool. It's a, you know, about three hours away. Maybe I need to reach out to this guy, start talking to this guy. That's where I got to go to 10-Bit Works Makerspace my, for my first first time. And it was a little, tiny little shop. Um, I think now it's some kind of little religious organization. It's, just, it's a tiny little garage uh, corner lot. Um, and you, you can't fit much stuff in there, but they ended up having this whole like uh, you know craft section, and they had this art section, and then this turned this little L shape, and then there was this woodworking shop and this metal shop, and it was it was a little tiny space, but they had people that came and did stuff. I'm going to totally interject here because Wes, you have to imagine this because I walked into their near building and what he's talking about is there is like a glass blower over there and there's the laser cutter going, making like woodworking. And there's another guy working on like a 3D bot. It is like a tinker's dream in these buildings. So I can only imagine this huge building that's this new space in this little bitty tiny building that you're referring to. <laughs> I was kind of in the same boat you were. Like you, you're talking about just being this whole clean environment, clean room and all this expensive equipment and all this kind of stuff. And you walk in there and it's like, I got dirty walking in the door. You touch something and you got dust and debris and sawdust on you. And like, wait a second, what are you, what are you guys doing here? I thought this was some, you know, awesome, you know. And, and I guess other people online made it sound like it, there there are those spaces, right? We could talk about that too, the the for profit stuff, and it is more clean room kind of like. But that's what I loved about this as a five hundred one c three nonprofit. Timbit Works was a, um, it was a very raw. You walk in and. It was a very raw, you know, chaotic. Things were there. It was halfway organized, right? You could tell there was kind of sections to this place, but that was the old place because it was a nonprofit too. It was a very inviting space of come, you know, come and let, let's help teach you and share with you these ideas. And along those lines, the, the fun fact of, of Timbit, I didn't learn this till later on myself. Uh, we call it one zero bit, right? Ten bit, but some people are clever enough to understand that's actually two bit. Oh, that's great. So it is one zero, but uh, it is two bit. Two bit works. Two bit works, and it was actually two two bit works hackerspace. We've kind of danced around it a little bit, and and Elle mentioned she had one conception, and the reality can be quite different. Maybe you could touch on what exactly is a makerspace. It sounds like that is a kind of broad definition that can fit a variety of environments. Wow. So um, I'm I'm probably not the most cultured in in all this kind of history of it, but I think this was like a maybe an MIT thing or like a Berkeley thing, right? Back in the day, these universities are having these high-end, they had all these grants and money and, and, and these these spaces to um, hack on things, right? And I think that's where the word hackerspace came from, um, was a place to, let, let's come and tinker. Hey, you'd like tinkering? Let's go ahead and make something. Let's create these radios and these these tools. Let's use tools that maybe you couldn't afford on your own, but hey, we got together and we bought this machine or we got it from a secondhand store. And so they brought it all together. And it was a place where you can go that like-minded individuals, you would end up finding like-minded individuals and you want to work on something. And it might be something you do together, but it might be something that I just need to use that laser laser cutter. I don't have, I can't afford the you know, 10 grand for that laser cutter or whatever. And I need to use that 3D printer um, and things like the riprap and those original 3D printers. Um, you know, they, they, they were 3D printers that could print themselves. You give it to somebody else and they could build their own. Right. And so I don't know how to build a 3D printer. We'll come and learn. I'll, I'll teach you. Right. So let's come here. I got the printer. I'll print you one. Now you can learn how to do it. Now you go teach somebody else. And again, that open source mindset of sharing and collaborating. 
You know, when I first started reading up on makerspaces, you're right, I found a lot about the hackerspaces that started in the 1990s in Germany and how they were really just kind of created to be centers for, you know, peer learning and knowledge sharing. And I really felt that when I walked into y'all's makerspace because there was somebody who had created this beautiful Beauty and the Beast rose that would spin and then its rose's petals would fall off as it's spinning like it did in the movie. And when you're looking at that, okay, that's woodworking because that rose is made out of wood by hand. And then inside of it, there's like little tinkering and there's an Arduino and then there's the glass that goes over it. And when I was talking to him, he's talking about how much of the resources in the makerspace came together to make that. And other people are coming by and helping him troubleshoot. And when something broke, he's talking about, you know, working with somebody else to having that part replaced. So even though that's his project and he created it, so many people in that makerspace came together to help him make that a reality. Yes. Um, his name is Ben, Benjamin, I believe. Uh, ben, uh, I hope I don't get his name wrong. Uh, he, he's a very interesting story, and he is like the essential of the kind of person we love to have in that space. He was this essential guy that, that, that found the space kind of like I did. He was somebody looking around. I don't know what I'm doing. I need to, I need to tinker on something. I need to build something. I need some laser tools, laser cutters. Um, it sounds like I could make something. He has done stuff like for uh, theatrics with some of the local community theaters um, here in San Antonio. And he showed up one day. He says, hey, I'm trying to build this. I need to use a laser cutter. I heard you guys have one. He came in, not even as a member. He just came in. And again, we're a nonprofit. So we invite people to come in the community. If you want to build something, tinker with something, we'll sit you down and you'll you'll start working on something when you walk in that door. But he started doing laser cutting. And by the end of the day, we're, we, and we, we ask for donations, right? So if you use laser cutter, I think it's like a dollar a minute. So whatever you build, if you optimize it, you know, you it might only take you a minute to cut the, the part you want. You give us a dollar, right? So um, he he donated a lot of money. He's like he's like here here you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna I want to use laser cutter. So at the end of the day, he he donated. But he's like, uh, this is pretty cool place. I, I think I want to turn that donation into a membership, All right? And so he he ends up becoming a member. But what he did was he created like you said this Enchanted Beauty and the Beast rose, and they had it for a prop for the theatric of the play. And it was it was a combination of him coming and learning, and he just enjoyed it so much and learned so much. And I don't want to speak too much for him, but from his story was uh, what he created was this nice, beautiful art piece, but he needed to be very functional. So it was woodworking and he did this acrylic prop for the glass top. And then the pedals were actually animatronic so that they would fall off. Had all these servos and an Arduino. So he's doing electronic components. He's doing woodworking components. He's doing uh, acrylic laser cutting components. And maybe he even did some 3D stuff. I don't know. But he did a lot of work on this thing. And even uh, like had this touchpad that he could actually change and, and do the durations and you know how, how these pedals fell off this thing. Wow. And uh, that was it was a really cool uh, experience. And he so he's a perfect use case of coming in and learning and utilizing and leveraging our tools, right? Because that's the other thing about our tools is like uh, the tools are just what we put our money in the pot and, and bought these tools or some of these are hand-me-downs, some of these are, are graciously donated. But um, it, most importantly, and this is, I have to stress this a lot, and I, I'll probably say this many times in this interview, is that the makerspace is about the people, right? And I think that's very fundamental. It's about the people. It's not about these tools, right? The, the laser cutter, the 3D printer, those are cool, right? But the, yeah, we have plasma cutter, we have you know a welding machine, we have these band saws and uh, t- router tables, whatever. We have woodworking stuff. 
but it's about the people in the community. And, and that's, again, so important to stress. And I think if you look at some of these high-end, the corporate people that came in and tried to capitalize, and there's been a couple already in San Antonio that are already coming coming on. Uh, we focus on the nonprofit side and people coming together to to have common kind of goals and, and drive. But then the corporation, you know, they they try to come in too fast and hot. And um, they're, they're like, uh, let's... Let's make all this money. We're going we're to build a space, a very clean environment. We're going to build this space, and we're going to have all these cool things, and everybody will flock to us and give us all their money and whatever. And it, it didn't really work out because they they were focused on a few people here and there. And what Timbit has tried to do, and we're not perfect. you know, we, we, We're still working on it. We're still tra- striving to go for this goal of a, a much more cohesion of members. And what we tried to do with Timbit was you come and do what you want to do, right? Some people maybe they they build stuff and make stuff and and maybe they go sell it here and there. But as far as the nonprofit side, we just ask that our members give back to the community in some form or fashion. You know, you you help and teach somebody else what you just learned. If you have a broken motor, if you have a broken uh, something, and you want to learn how to fix it, if it's a, a broken wire, you need to learn how to solder something. Come and learn how to fix that so that you don't have to toss it in the trash, right? And as United States citizens, we. Um, we have that culture. It's just ingrained in us that just throw it away, go buy a new one. Yeah, that's very true. I think I really love that when I walked up to the building, there's this huge flag over the door that says, come and make it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, that's perfect for the, for those that know the history of, you know, this area, it's about come and take it, come and make it. To kind of get back to how people can get involved in everything, you've talked about all the equipment and how we can interact with everybody, but you know it's going to be a little bit intimidating. Like I've always wanted to play with 3D printers, but Lord help me, I don't even know how to get started. So if I were to go to a makerspace or join one, are there people there to help me? Is there any training? Am I just going to be let loose with the laser cutter? We are raw. We're, we're still learning. I mean, we've been up for nine years, but I think everybody that's there they just love doing what they're doing. And if they're there and you walk up and you ask, how do I do this? If they have free time, they're going to show you how to do that. Um, so we don't have like a, a good structure of like uh, set classes yet. We, we have classes pe- periodically. We don't have anything standard. That's what I'm trying to get at. Um, just be be um, very open to walking in and saying, I'd like to learn XYZ. And more than likely, you're going to learn XYZ. Is there like a central place where makerspaces maybe are listed or communicate with each other? Like, how do you find a makerspace near you? Uh, the best thing is probably just a quick um, internet search. I can handle that. <laughs> in your area, in your town, look for makerspace. Or you could type in that, you know, community, type in community 3D printer or community laser printer. Um, there's more and more libraries that are offering tools like this, um, 3D printers. And things like that. Obviously, you guys can tell how excited I am about having been there and how I want to get involved. But other than just the need to tinker, like what can people really get out of this? Is this, you know, really a skill that they could use in their day to day? This just this become a hobby? You know, what's the big why when it comes to makerspaces? People come in and they ask, you know, can I do this here? Can I can I 3D print this trinket? Can I sew this? Can I you know, take a photo of this. Can I build this metal mantle? Uh, can I do this art piece? And the question is, I don't know. Can you? Right? It's like <laughs> it's it's like. Well, yes, yes, you can. But do you know? Do you know how? No, I don't know how. Well, let's go learn. We're we're volunteers. We we all have our um, 
you know, day jobs or whatever. There's people that have different open hours. We have open house hours where, you know, there, some people are there. Um, but when you drop by, that's what we're going to ask you is like, well, have you researched that? You know, I don't, I don't know quantum physics. You know quantum physics, right? We, we have one guy doing some uh, moon dust, right? He's like trying to figure out some moon sampling of moon dust. Like if you were going to go out into outer space, how do we uh, get a lander on the moon with, if we're going to build a colony there, well, can we get a, can we test this laser piece? And, you know, it needs to be in a vacuum. So how do we build that? Well, it's sitting down, doing research, looking things up and Powwowing. I, I like to just throw that out in like a powwow, right? A conversation, a dialogue. Hey, can you do this? Can you do this? What's your skill set? What's your skill set? And trying to see if, um, you know, who knows what and can I learn from you? Can you learn from me? What do I have to offer? What do you have to offer, right? And as a community, that's what we try to, um, we, we try to instill in people is that um, if you want to learn something, you know, come and, and learn it. But when you learn that, turn around and, and teach somebody else. So if people have more questions, what would be the best way for them to be able to get a hold of you? 10bitworks.com. It's got our hours on there, open hours. Um, like I said, there's different times of day. Uh, as a member, it's a, it's a paid membership. So as a member, uh, you have 24-7 access to this building. You can come in there and utilize the tools and resources. So if you are a night owl, which we have some in our in our group. I sympathize there. Come and tinker with something at two in the morning. Um, but definitely clean up after yourself, right? Again, it's it's it, we're not your mom. You come clean up, right? Do your, do your own cleaning. I'm I am trying to get a, a group together to do us a robot that can clean some stuff. We are tr- <laughs> we are trying to do that. That'd be great. That's the makerspace approach. I love it. Exactly, right? We have a problem, we're gonna solve it. Well, thanks so much for joining us today and telling us all about it. And I know I, for one, will definitely be back because I want a chance to play with those 3D printers. (laughs) We'll have links to everything we've talked about over at extras.show.